Right. I might turn my camera off. Is that okay? Uh, I think it would help if I could talk to you. I think it would be better for the... I hate having the camera on. Yeah, but I'm talking to you, aren't I? So it kind of would help. Have you ever been on a phone? Right. That... Let's play that theme music. Um, so how are you? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I've had a full day, and I'm full of beans and coffee, so I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm feeling uh, well established. I'm feeling much better than the last time we recorded because I was a big mess. Now I'm a big less mess. I think we should all mess. Wow! wow. Yeah. The <laughs> because, because we have the yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, 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 hey. Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that came out so much better when I was That's my uh, death metal growl. Is it? Is, is today going to be sort of ghostly or is it going to be mostly ghostly? Oh, mostly ghostly? What's that? A spin-off? Um, it's what... Um, to me, it's from Maria. I guess my friend too. Maybe I feel like I haven't earned the friendship yet. But that's what they thought the name of this podcast was. Oh, I love it when somebody suggests something and it's better than the thing you've been doing for years. Well, yeah, it was sort of ghostly <laughs> was to do with sort of lonely. Who knew sort of ghostly would outlive sort of lonely? No one. Well, we've got Samia to thank for that. She ruined it. Why did she ruin sort of... Oh, because we're together. <laughs> yeah. Sort of lonely was meant to be because, like, I wanted it to just be exclusively acoustic people. But yeah, we're getting quite deep. But it's a good way. It's a good thing we're getting deep because do you know what this episode is? What number it is? I don't know what a deep number would be. Eight hundred lower. Fifty. Yeah, exactly. You okay. knew. I had a rough idea. <laughs> I said, I said it's of the wrong number for comedic effect. The one listener has already seen <laughs> it in the title, and they're like, "Murphy, don't be an idiot. It's fifty. Yeah. Look, guys, I don't listen to them. I just make them, which isn't true. I am. Um, you uh, listen to loads and you keep messaging me about it. Like, when you're obviously drunk and you're like going down memory lane. Yeah, 100%. Oh, it's funny. I think if I'm listening to an episode of, of Sort of Ghostly, it's because I'm fucking sort of lonely or sort of pissed, basically. Um, and I'm reminiscing. Ghosts are lonely and they're pissed. And they're kind of like entwined with nostalgia. Yeah, they are. 
nostalgia writ large. They're the embodiment of a of a a, a time past, right? Yeah, they're, they're an heirloom. They're a Funko Pop. Sometimes they're not even scary. Sometimes it's your ex lover, a feeling. So yeah, what have you got for us today? Actually, no, 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 no. First, name a sort of ghostly memory because this is number fifty. Oh, okay, yeah. Now we are sort of reminiscing. Um, sort of ghostly memory. I uh, remember doing the light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah, that, that was, was good. That was very uh, like teen movie esque of us. Didn't I felt like. It very it felt like a very wholesome evening because I think it was like on a Saturday, and we were just drinking beers and we interviewed Josh because we probably ran out of guests. Yeah, we've done patch. So. Yeah, and <laughs> never did Kieran. Kieran was the only one. Kieran was only in that one when we did the Ouija board live, and yeah. he got really angry and left the room because we <laughs> drew on paper and we um, were ruining. Ouija boards for him. I don't know. I don't know wh where Ouija board is like embezzled in black metal that he has a fan. It, like it's not even connected. Like the occult. Like Ouija boards were like they're basically monopoly boards. Yeah, it's like it's, he he was getting annoyed because we weren't playing monopoly by the rules basically. Yeah, and left the podcast. So he called this a monopoly podcast. Yeah, basically. And nobody does play it by the rules. Never done but one. I was. Reminiscing, yeah. When I think reminisce, I think Lady Smith Road, uh, just because that was like that's the nexus, that's where it all started, and that's when we were all trying to piece it together. And it was, you know, we were living on top of each other, and it was all like it was that was it was the melting pot of culture. Yeah, we'd just re be recording, and then someone would just come in the room, and then they'd be part of the podcast for a bit. Yeah. Um, I remember, didn't we watch a movie as well? I remember we watched something and we recorded along whilst we, but I can't remember what we would have watched. I don't know. We yeah. tried, we did, um, we did an X-Files episode because I was watching X-Files at the time. That was like the only reason we did it. Yep. <laughs> um, we watched like a few ghost hunting things, but I never remember, I don't remember watching a movie for this podcast, except for like the later ones when we did hereditary and all that shit yeah i just remember us trying to watch something in the front room but it's like my heart wants to reminisce about lady smith road but it was more many more years and many more cans of galahad in the distance than the more recent ones we did in the lockdown because there was more sobriety and it was more it was really planned out and i had nothing else going on around it at all so yeah I those were the ones where i that accomplished after recording them. Like there were yeah. so many in the early season when we first started doing this, where halfway through I'd be like, "No, let's just do this again because this is awful." <laughs> like so many times we just started again because we were just like, I don't know, just trying to be funny and not, and it just wasn't working, and just in our hearts, just knowing it was shit, but we'd like keep going until we'd press the restart button and then there'd be the things that people have heard it felt like listening back it was really funny because it was like going through a weird diary of our lives because it would always be like coming back from tour or going yeah. on tour or playing shows or yeah name drops of certain gigs whatever yeah 
Oh, I mean, we got Jeff Rosenstock to, to promote it. I was thinking about that the other day when I just, I asked one person to do an introduction and then like all night I was like, I'm going to ask every member of every band to do an introduction for sort of Ghostly. And then I think I deleted them all, so whatever. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we got Jeff Rosenstock to, to promote it. I was thinking about that the other day when I just, I asked one person to do an introduction and then like all night I was like, I'm going to ask every member of every band to do an introduction for sort of Ghostly. And then I think I deleted them all. By accident, oh. and um, was a recording. I used like, no, yeah, I used like a recording of an Instagram post or something that I'd already posted. Oh, thank God it was, yeah, thank God it was something there, yeah. Otherwise, that's you know, that's Jeff Rosenstock's legacy down the pan, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I'm gonna try and ring my mum, <laughs> okay, so they'll be on the podcast because there is number 50, they're always. They were a big support from the beginning. I'm not sure that they listen to it anymore because I don't. I don't really hear about it anymore. Hello, hello, Dad. You're on sort of ghostly live. Oh, right. How are you doing? I'll tell Mum. Yeah, not too bad. You right? Yeah, good. We're just recording number fifty, episode fifty. All right. And we're reminiscing, and I thought that you both have never been on the podcast, so I thought, here we go. It's time for you guys to be on the podcast. All right. All right, so I'm live at the moment. So, well, if you say anything weird, no, I won't say anything weird. <laughs> oh, oh, hang the phone up, then. <laughs> Why are we called? Um, Dad, tell me um, your favourite ghost story that's ever happened to you. My favourite ghost story. Um, I suppose, really, I mean, it's only because your nan backed it up, so I knew I didn't imagine it. That was Alma Grove in Newport, which was like the horrible house we lived in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I woke up one morning, early in the morning, and I could see someone, I could see like a face in the window. It was strange. It was like a face from the outside looking in in the window. Oh, my God. And it kept moving. And I and I was screamed, absolutely screamed. And I woke Jez up. And um, no sooner I woke him up, I couldn't see it again. But then a, a few months later, I saw the same face with the person, but you could see more of the body. It was stood in our doorway of our bedroom. What the hell? Yeah. And um, Brendan was in his car, because all three of us were in the same room. And he stood up in the cot looking at the door and he was rattling his cot. And Jez was sat up in bed. And um, I think Jez could see it. I know Brendan could and I could. And we screamed. And Mum sort of like, as she, you could hear her getting out of her bed in, in the other bedroom and it disappeared. But anyway... Uh, a couple of times they'll come out of the living room downstairs and it'd be early on in the evening and you could see someone at the top of the stairs and you'd see like this thing float. It was almost like it was floating up the stairs. And it, uh, it, if mum was coming out that night because you didn't have babysitters then as such, yeah. you know, uh, it used to freak me out. It used to scare me if you're going to be in the house on our own. Especially, especially you know, that house as well. But I did mention it to mum, um, 
uh, about few years later, and she said, "Yeah, she backed me up on it." She said she'd seen it quite a few times. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. oh my god, well, it wasn't my imagination. I was six, seven years old. I wasn't particularly hooked up on spirits and ghosts. Yeah. No. But yeah, she said she woke up uh, one morning and um, this bloke was stood at the end of the bed. And she said she sat up and just stared at him and he just disappeared. And then several times she saw the same um, same person as well. And it was, it was a, I would say probably it's a sort of Victorian style. Yeah. Man, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, that is... That's, you know, rough, isn't it? Yeah, have you ever looked into it or at all, like, to try and find... Well, the only other backup that I had was, I was in the early 80s, I was down the uh, the town club in Newport, where they had, like, a liberal, liberal club in Newport. And a woman behind the bar said, Oi, you, didn't you used to live at 39 Elmgrove? I goes, yeah. She goes, we live there now. She says, we keep finding some of your old toys in the garden. I said, oh, right, I'll have them back. And I said, have you seen the ghost? She says, yeah. And she says, my husband's not having that. <laughs> He's talking about having an exorcism. I said, have you seen the bloke? She goes, I've seen the bloke. She says, I've seen him um, downstairs as well. Um, she says, in the, um, the back room. And she said she sees him more often in the bedroom. I was like, all right. So, yeah, the house has definitely did have a ghost. Well, if it's still got the ghost, I don't know. But it definitely oh, sure. did have a ghost, yeah. Yeah. But I saw, it, I saw it on too many occasions to know that my my mum, she used to calm me down by saying, you know, um, um, because obviously, I'm talking early 70s now, we, we, you know, we had the we had the strikes, we had the power cuts, so you would see shadows in the house, because yeah. there was no lighting or anything like that. But this particular, because um, I wouldn't go to sleep the light off, that's how it got, that's how it got. So mum had some sort of, she bought some sort of battery kind of lamp, yeah. and we'd have it in our bedroom. Um because I don't think we had any electric in our bedroom. So we always had a light, you know, and, um, yeah, she bought that because I wouldn't go to sleep in the end with the light off. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't, couldn't sleep. That's a little power that I went through. But mum kept assuring me, it's like, you're dreaming. You're dreaming. But I knew that time when we, especially when I seen him in the, in the doorway, that uh, I ain't dreaming now. Yeah. I'm not dreaming. You know, I, mean, I was wide awake. I was wide awake, and and I'm sure Brandon could see. And I think, I think even Jez did. Um, I need to talk to him about it actually. <laughs> but I know, I know, my mum backed it up when we moved to work and she backed it up years later. You know. Yeah. So yeah, she said, but she couldn't tell me that the house was haunted because I would never have gone to bed, would I? Yeah. I guess she it's just the thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, she said she, it was a bit, it was, she was kind of protecting me a little bit, you know. But, um, 
that's it. And it's been funny enough. It's been a couple of times at work as well. Uh, it's um, the other morning. Funny enough, the other morning, um, I was trimming up some stuff on top of the pallets there, and I happened to look to me right, and I saw someone, and because it made me jump, so I thought it was William. I thought he'd come in a bit early, and there was no one there. Well, at the corner of my eye, I just saw something move. And I was like, whoa, like that, because I thought someone had come in, and they had them. And then there was another time I was up in the office, and someone come up the steps and walked up to the door, right? And I thought, who's this? It was about quarter past eight in the evening. Perhaps later, quarter past nine, I opened the door, and there's no one there. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's something about, there's something about the warehouse as well. Because um, there was housing there um, in the old days, yeah. and I think Dad's had people that work for him that have passed away. You never know; they could be coming yeah, back. They just want to go back to work. Coming <laughs> back for their wages that you never, they never got. You know, what I mean? <laughs> Mum's had sort of feelings about the place as well. You know, yeah. I mean, we were having a row one day, a proper row. She went happy about something, and I went happy about it. We stopped rowing because the extractor fan switched itself on full blast. Really? From nothing. Shut up! From nothing to free. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it stopped you in your tracks. Yeah. And also mum's a a voice, uh, some chap um, singing a nursery rhyme. What can you? Is mum is mum available? Can she come and tell yeah, us on the yeah, phone sure. about it? Yeah, I'll get her. Hang on one second, one sec. John, John, <laughs> oh hello, mum. Can you tell us? Hello, mum. Um, can you tell us about the nursery rhyme singing, please? All right. Well, I was in the house and I was downstairs and I was in the kitchen and I could hear. A man's voice upstairs singing when they were up, they were up, and when they were down, they were down. <laughs> and when, yeah, I know, and I was like, Finish it. Finish the song. Next door. Next door. No. How does the rest of the song go? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was quite, it was. I was the only time I experienced anything strange in this house, apart from a black cat at the bottom of the stairs. What? Tell us about the black cat at the bottom of the stairs. Right, well, I was in the kitchen, and I could see a shadow at the bottom of the stairs. And I thought, what's that? And it looked like a black cat. And then what was it? Did it just disappear or run away? No, there was nothing there. Oh, okay. Um, and then lastly, um, yeah. you, you messaged me that something happened at Spa across the street. Oh, yeah. I was in the shop, I was in the uh, in the freeze aisle, and I noticed something fell off the shelf, like um, like a rice packet, <laughs> yeah. on the other side, not, not the meat side, and um, I was like, oh, that's a bit strange, because it was just, like, just fell off the shelf, it wasn't like there was no one in the aisle, yeah. and when I went to the till, they said... Yeah, this shop is haunted <laughs> by a lady called Mrs. Pick. Mrs. Pick. Pick. Oh, Peck. She didn't like... Oh, she didn't want to sell the shop. Well, she didn't want to sell the shop, so... Yeah, chuck some rice on the floor. <laughs> oh, right. oh, Dad's got another one. All right, hey, one Rick. more, because we've got... Oh, great. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me <laughs> 
right? I woke up, when I woke up, um, I spent about three or four months ago, woke up, like I normally do, quarter two in the morning, I could hear two women talking downstairs. What? I said to you, what's that noise down there? James hasn't brought birds home in years. It was two old ladies having a natter. And then there was a radio on in the background. It was. Are you laughing? I don't know what he's doing. He's playing sound effects. Right. And it was like a radio on in the background. Two old ladies having a natter. And I put my clothes on, and I could still hear it. Really? So I opened up bedroom door, and it stopped dead. What the hell? Stopped absolute dead. Because I was going to leg it downstairs. Because I thought, it's got to be the telly. Yeah. But it won't. Telly was off. That's creepy. Yeah. It was like, it was like, um, yeah, two old ladies. You hear them in the, in the room that we done up. It was coming from the back house. It wasn't coming from underneath our bedroom. And it was like a radio on in the background. Yeah. And then when I opened the bedroom door, it stopped dead. Really? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I put my jumper on. I put my jeans on. I put my, my mobile phone from the charger. I could still hear it. And then when I opened the door, it was... I think that woke me up before me alarm. It was about quarter to two in the morning. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, come home now, will ya? No, I'll come home. <laughs> right, Dad, I love you. We gotta, we got to start doing other, other stuff on the podcast because this was just a random thing that I thought would oh, be a good yeah. idea. But yeah. um, love you, love, love you, Mum, and I'll see love you soon. You love. Bye. Bye. What, are you, are you trying to be like the sound effects man? Or something? It's very off-putting. You need to put my dad off. <laughs> I'm the soundboard guy. I'm the wacky DJ. You're, uh, with, you're with J-Dog in the morning. Right. I think, I think it's time for an ad. Hey, kids. Do you like toilets? Yeah, here we love toilets. That's why we do all the numbers. One, two, three, four, and five. Where would we do them if not for toilets? Well, do I have a toilet for you? Have you heard of a plastic bag? No? Well, you can do all your numbers in this bag, and then you can put the bag where you wish. The bag does not degrade, it is not biodegradable, and it is terrible for the environment. Hence, it is a perfect way to celebrate yourself, the world, your life, and your loved ones by preserving your stools, piss, poop, you, bile, pus, and snot for generations to come. Bury it in your garden. Oh, give it to a neighbour. Keep it under your pillow. Or even just shove it off at school. But all new, non-degradable plastic bag will last forever. Will keep your feces, excrement, and other outputs for eternity as a symbol of your ever-dying, never-dying, ever-living, immortal self. A absolute monolith of shit that is your existence and your contribution to society. Please buy my plastic bags. I've spent way too much on branding and this advert has cost me far too much money to make. I'm in too deep. As deep as you can be with my bags! What a great ad! 
Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. I heard one. I've, I heard one of them is going to be about a toilet, which is very convenient. That was all one product. That oh, was all one product. That was one advertisement for one product. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I know. It's a little, a little present for you for later. Yeah. Li- is that the slogan? <laughs> no, 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 there's no slogan. Just uh, no slogan. Just like a two-minute advert. Um. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I brought to the table for the podcast. Cool. What are you bringing today? Just that advert. Aren't you doing anything else? I'm working on that for weeks. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so, as we were, as we are, as we will always be, um, that's for the slogan for the um, product. Is it? Yeah. Well, um, I have finished reading the first um, OG pilot copy demo tape of Ghosts of the Isle of Wight by Gay Steedman and Ray Anker. We still um, need to find Ray Anker. Every now? week, every week, I'm like, I'm going to look them up. Yeah. Have well, you? Do that, we'll do that on the final episode. We'll go, why did you do this? <laughs> why have you done Where this? did you go? Why have you done this to us? Um, so I've gone, I've gone through it. Um, I've been a little bit more uh, crucial and critical than I was last time. Um, so there's some stuff that I've skipped out, but I'm like, this, this is probably great, but it's not interesting. It's not I love. It's not Ghosts of Yala White enough. Enough. Like some things are might be quite scary. There's a whole chapter about poltergeists. That's not going in there because all the stuff you know about poltergeists, think about that, and that's the chapter basically done. Not not really worth reading. Okay. So we're going to go through um, where we left off and. I will take you to our first instalment, um, which is, drumroll please, Wines and Spirits. Get it? It's it's our pub. It's, it's, it's our, our pub. And ghosts. So what wine, I guess, it's, they're both puns. It's great. No, I said pub. It's our pub. Yeah. This is great writing. So. Do you think that was their first one? The first thing they came up with? Ghosts of the Isle of Wight. Was it? Ghosts and Spirits. Wines and Spirits. Oh. Do you reckon it was Ghosts and Spirits first? I don't know. I think they just started with a good pun and then, you know, the rest is history. It's like um, somebody coming up with a band name and then having to learn a whole instrument and then form a band and then write an album just because they came up with a really great name. But I don't think anyone's ever came up with a good band name in the history of music, so it doesn't really matter. Every band name is bad. Yeah. But Song titles, fantastic. Band names, awful. Yeah. Wines and Spirits. The Haunted Inn is perhaps more easily found in fiction than in fact. It stands, of course... At a crossroads, it is a ruinous air and a shifty landlord. Its weather-beaten sign creaks under a fitful moon. Many a lonely traveller rues the night he spent at the hanged man. We confess we are unable to d- discover any such promising setting among island hostilities. Where traditional phantoms seem in short supply, we have discounted a number of haunts of hoary tales which have little evidence to support them and confine ourselves mainly to those of which we have first-hand reports. 
the figure in the kitchen, the knock in the night, the presence in the cellar, and the ghost who nips in for a quick one. Right, I don't understand. Have they seen ghosts in pubs or not? <laughs> it keeps on saying that like they've it's fiction and they've called it out, but I know for a fact that there's a lot of ghosts in pubs in these store in the ghost cellar white book. They are what they're basically saying is what they say a lot is there's lots of fictitious tales about ghosts on the Isle of Wight. We're not going to do those. We're only going to do ones that we have rigorously researched ourselves and we have spoken to people about. So they're saying first-hand accounts. Like written paragraphs. I just can't decipher what it means. Yeah, that was two paragraphs and that was just them going, these ones are true. Okay. However, we'll get, to, we'll like, get to some stories later that I don't that aren't true. It sounded like that that chapter was just that with no sort of ghost stories. Like, oh yeah, by the way, people talk a lot of shit about ghosts in pubs. We found out that it's actually not true. That's how it came across to me. Yeah, this this is the story. All about. Customers and bar staff confirm the story told by Mr. Dick Ring, landlord of the hole in the wall at Ventnor. This old inn thought once to have served as a coachman's quarters in a coat and a coal store for a nearby hotel has two ghosts. One of them, the better known, pops into the lounge bar now and again. Mr. Ring himself has seen it twice. All you get is a fleeting glimpse, he told us. You're at the bar, say drawing a beer and looking down at what you're doing and then you suddenly get the feeling that a customer has come in you look up just in time to catch the sight of a figure a tall man in in an old-fashioned light-coloured suit moving through the bar he goes right to the far corner and disappears the figure moves too quickly for any detail of dress to be distinguished Others who have seen it agree with Mr Ring that it conveys no sense of menace and the friendly atmosphere of the bar is not affected. So yeah, don't worry, you can still go to the hole in the wall. Mr Ring is careful in his description of what he's seen and is not particularly anxious to talk about it, but he knows he's seen something very odd. As Mrs June Ring says, Dick's the last person to believe in ghosts, but he's the other. Any others are convinced that they saw this one. She herself has encountered the other ghosts at the hole in the wall. She woke up one night to find a figure in uniform with a high military collar standing over her bed. She sat up, put on a frightened, put out a frightened hand, and the phantom faded away. Imagination? Perhaps her two sons, then aged nine and eleven, imagined something too. Minutes later, they came running in, obviously alarmed, shouting that there was a strange man in their bedroom. There was, of course, no one. Mrs. and Mrs. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ring, a friendly down-to-earth couple, well known in Ventnor for their charitable work in aid of St. Catherine's School. Leave it at that. <laughs> nice one, guys. <laughs> and positively enjoy the pub's third manifestation: the sudden, strong, inexplicable smell of violets. What? So uh, the only reason I included that story um, was because uh, Mr. Dick Ring works at a hole in the wall. <laughs> well, I googled uh, Hole in the Wall and it's on UK. Google Hole in the Wall Dick Ring No but <laughs> it looks like it looks like it looks pretty haunted to be fair um, I think for the listeners I'm going to have this picture just as the what is it? Profile picture? <laughs> the, the, the profile the, picture 
podcast image picture? I don't know. I think I just really hate the writing. I find it really hard to follow. It's very well. This was written well. This is published and that's published in 1977. So I mean, this is mid 70s writing. But yeah, I mean, in in those first two paragraphs, there's you know terms you don't get: host, hostelries and hoary. Yeah, what's hoary mean? Um, I don't know. In this, in this, it's you know it's spelled differently. It's not a, a word that you come across, or maybe something. Hoary written as um H O A R Y. Oh, this, they've discounted hoary tales, so maybe silly, un, un you know, improve, improvable, unprovable. Don't know stories that they can prove. So they're talking shit about them, calling them hoary. So you know, I, I imagine really, I would have read that as hooray if I was forced to read that. <laughs> hooray! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's like antiquated language, isn't it? Basically, because it's from the seventies. Uh, but a, a lot of the names are as well. Like you, you know, uh, Dick Ring, yeah. and this brings me on to my next story. Just for the name, not quite. This is called something in the cellars. Not quite so friendly are the act activities of whatever is thought to have made its home in the cellars of the Parklands Hotel ride. Do you remember that place? No, I'm Googling it. I used to walk past it uh, on my way back from middle school, and it was still open, but the sign was falling apart, so I've only ever known it as the Par-Ans, because it was just, letters just fell off, basically. Well, why this grenade? No, it's up by from, well, from middle school. Parklands, P-A-R-T-L-A-N Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. It's now a bunch of flats, or part. It's probably called like Partlands Manors or something because it's just like you know flats. It's a little menacing and certainly mischievous. Oh, wait, wasn't it? Um, did it not? Was that not? Um, oh, I'm confused with the location. What was the one that the Big Dykes owned? I don't Very know who deep, they are. Deep cut on the uh, deep Isle of Wight cut. Not uh, deep, um, deep name, mate. Was it opposite? I just don't know Isle of Wight geography. I just know like it's down the road from the co-op or down the road where yeah, where I Joe Eustace lived. I can't even describe where it like where it is, other than that it was near where I went to school. A lot of deep cuts, deep Isle of Wight cuts. Does yeah. did anyone? Does it? I don't even know if anyone listens to this anymore. But like. Is is this an interest? Ghost stories about the Isle of Wight? Is, is it alienating for people? Doesn't matter. We're pretty deep into this now. Carry on. We've been alienating people for a while. I mean, it means they're not broad enough. Or do we need to start talking about uh, you know these real like current affairs? London. Yeah. Start playing to America. Ghost of London band name. Let's hear that. Ghost of London. <laughs> falls over the old city of London. It's a little menacing and certainly mischievous. Well, the advert. We first heard about it from Mrs. Betty Bucket. <laughs> of a certain... Yeah, I mean... Betty the name's ridiculous. Of a Freemason's Tavern, Newport, whose and former husband, Mr. Late Desmond Felton, was the licensee of the Partlands during the ni- 1960s. So dogs would wake up at the same time every night at 3am and bark... They would refuse to go down to the cellar. Um, Why were they being forced in the cellar at 3am? Yeah, there was lots of cold spots around the place. Um, she told us of a time 
when she'd been ill and finding it difficult to get upstairs, decided to sleep on the ground floor. I would always wake up at the same time, about three in the morning. There would be a strange smell in the room, a musty, earthy smell, and a kind of coldness. I felt as if something had come in, something uncanny. It's hard to convey what it was like. Anyway, I moved back to my bedroom. Believe me, I'll never sleep downstairs again. She was sleeping directly above the cellars. So, yeah, I literally just wanted to talk. Uh, I just wanted to say a name. It's interesting because, like, cold spots and, and weird smells, because it was the 70s. And like my dad said, like, you couldn't tell if there was cold spots in his house when, it, when he was a kid because it was cold anyway. So, like, yeah. I can't imagine how bad the smell must have been. <laughs> oh. Like, for it to be... Well, to be fair, I call bullshit on this smell because... Can they not describe it? Like, it smelled like rotten eggs or it smelled like hell on earth. It smelled like cigarettes. I don't know. Like, it could, uh, everything smells fucking gross because <laughs> there was no... I don't know. There was... They, they hadn't... Pubs hadn't reached that phase yet of like, oh no, we need to do something about this smell. Which I think there was no smell. It was just cigarettes. It was like last night's cigarettes, followed by this morning's cigarettes, and that was how pubs smell. Yeah, no, but I mean, like post clearing out the this the cigarette smell, a lot of pubs just smelled really gross because like that's what they smelled like before the cigarettes or in between. Yeah, it smells like the customers. Like sticky mics uh, downstairs when you're loading in was um, mm. really it just smells so bad. A lot of venues smell like that, to be fair. But sticky mics is uh, I was there more for openers. That yeah, one. I don't think I've ever walked into a pub and gone, "Oh, what's this scent? What's this gorgeous aroma?" I can imagine like walking into a pub in December and it just smells like rose. No, like a mold wine. Rose, like a mold wine. Yeah. Or fire. That's gorgeous. Or, or pubs smell like really bad, like um, cologne, which a man's wearing. Yeah. And you're like, that's a warning sign. I'm going to stay away from those group of lads because they might bully me. They're out on the pool. Yeah, they're on the pool, and they're they're going to use me as a as a prop to look. Re- dupe and desperation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People still wear dupe. It's wild when I walk when I walk past someone and it's just like titillates the nostrils. It's like <laughs> wow. Does it take you back? Yeah. It well, it doesn't. It just repulses me a little bit. It's like a you know when people used to talk about acid flashbacks and how bad it would be. Whoa! Yeah, that's what, that's what a dupe. <laughs> that's what smelling dupes like. Acid flashback takes you yeah. back to your teens. Did acid flashbacks actually exist, Murphy? Um, I don't know. It's an interesting one. There's there's a thing called um, persistent. Uh, what's it called? HPPD or PPD? Uh, persistent psychedelic disorder or something like that. Where if you do enough psychedelics, essentially you just like your brain keep keeps perceiving this visual layer of, of like a psychedelic, okay. a psychedelic veil. Um, I can't remember what's called. Maybe HPPD. Um, I've met somebody who had it. I think he did loads of acid when he was a teenager. And he was like... <laughs> oh, sorry, it's just a flashback. Yeah. So that's a real thing. But I don't, I'm not sure that flashbacks... Because, you know, your brain... The chemical's gone, isn't it? Like, Do you think people still hear about flashbacks? 
Well, I don't know. I mean, it's all about what you hear in the culture, isn't it? People talk about microdosing and stuff now. Nobody talks about f- jumping off a building thinking you can fly in flashbacks. That's all very 1970s scaremongering. Yeah, right? Now everyone's talking about depression and, and that stuff. Do you reckon, what do you reckon, like, drug classes are like at school? Like, I... RE, whatever. What was those lessons when they teach you that drugs are bad? And they tell you uh, drug dealers, and it was like, um, a drug dealer would give you loads of stuff for free, and then then they get you addicted, and then when you're addicted, that's when you pay for it. But like, I guess when you're addicted, that is when you pay for it, like metaphorically. Yeah. But like, I have never been given drugs for free unless it's my friends, unless my friends are in on it. No. Um, I would think that drugs awareness classes or PSHE, physical sexual health education, yeah. I think that's what I had in middle school. Um, I imagine it's probably like, I would like to think anyway, that the teachers are probably a little bit more educated and aware of some of maybe the reality outside of what they're teaching. So maybe a little bit more reluctant to bite in, on the... On the it must be harder, actually. Yeah, I think there'd be a lot more... kids, what? I think there'd be a lot more discussion, you know, there's a lot more awareness. Like, oh, I remember being in PSHE and uh, somebody talking about Afro Man because I get high, because I, <laughs> because I was high, whatever. And that was out over time. That was, I guess I was 11. Uh, it would have been 2001 because um, that song was ruined by uh, 9-11. It was a victim of 9-11, in fact. Um, well, if you watched the Vice documentary, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I watched it. It was like doing really well and then 9-11 happened and then America collectively decided for it was a bit too silly and yeah. and the things shifted. So it was 2001 when that happened. I remember being like, what? They're talking about this like, in the charts? It was like, the world has gone mad. This is insane. What, weed? You were like, what? 11 years old smoking a doobie being like, wow, my culture is finally in the mainstream. <laughs> I was like, represent Afro man. I'm being talked about. I will tell you uh, what what did happen in in PSHE in two thousand and one. It was Gemma Shales that brought up the fact that Afro Man was at like number one or whatever num- top top Gemma ten Shales. in the class. She a school person or a celebrity? Yeah, she was a stu- she was a fellow student, and so she you might still be like giving me details about the Vice documentaries. So that to be, <laughs> yeah, she probably lives in Rydesville or somewhere. Um, I dig. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. She used to live in Rides. She probably lives somewhere. All right, she, I'm sure she. She's progressed beyond year five, right? Yeah. I'm sure she's doing other things now. What um, she said. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Gemma. I don't know you anymore, so I can't really. I only brought it out because this is a ghost podcast. Yeah, I only brought it up because I love when people reminisce about middle school and like young school. Yeah, both in, uh, every... yeah. yeah, sorry. So I wanted to um, use her full name. Uh, and then that was a, a good example of like, oh my God, the culture's gone mad. And then Dan. Can't I will refrain from using his full name because you know uh, I'd beep out. Oh, uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's, got, he's, anyway. got a, he's got a full life, unlike Gemma Shales, he's moved on with his life. Um, and he was wearing uh, a polo shirt that he borrowed from his cousin and it had hot rock marks in it. And it was like it was like these two worlds converging in this one mobile classroom in Swanmore. I had the the strict authority, the line of the of the orthodox 
you know, like teacher telling me that drugs were bad and that they were given to you for free. And then I had Dan Canning, my friend, sat next to me with hot rock marks all over him. He had to explain. I didn't know what fucking hot rock, hot hot rocks were. Because he's from the other side of the tracks. Oh, he knew what it was. Yeah, I thought you saw the T-shirt and was like, nah. No, he showed. You no, know, he showed me, and I was like, I think that was the first, the one, one of my first like major times when I was like. There's a dissonance in the world, you know, like I've got conflicting information. What this the hell? And ever since then. Did you smoke weed then? No. Okay, I'm just trying to picture it. No, I don't think Dan did. But, you know, he had, he had an older cousin. He was wearing said older cousin's polo shirt. And um, it was just a funny, like, you know, two worlds colliding, basically. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know what weed was until my I went to my cousin's 13th birthday. Wow. Well, I don't know why my mum invited made me go because it was like absolute chaos. <laughs> and I was just there, like, oh, I hope everyone thinks my blind t shirt's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, it was chaos. But, um, yeah. But, um, well, let us know if, um, you're still going to school and people <laughs> are talking about if acid flashbacks happen because, yeah, that was, um, in the, anti-drug dialogue a lot when i was a kid um my rse whatever lesson the was like mrs betts in middle school and she was so old and she still had a um a chalkboard it was like a revolving one so like whatever she told us was definitely just shit (laughs) bucks and betty in the blacksmith's arms bucks and betty the smuggler's daughter, who met a bad end two centuries ago, is said to haunt the area around the Blacksmith's Arms, not far from Carriesbrook on the main Newport Colborne Road. The arms in which Betty uh, frequently found herself were not those of the blacksmiths, but of the various excisemen associated with 18th century Admiralty cottages not far from the inn. By a happy coincidence, this is about smugglers basically, by a happy coincidence, she was at her most amorous and available when contraband was due to pass through this junction on a busy smuggling route. The excise men, one presumes, failed to keep their mind on their work. Oh. Alas, for Betty, like, the fact that a paragraph starts with the word alas. <laughs> Very Alan Partridge. I feel like they, they sometimes are like, they just write a date down and they just start writing as if it was the 18th century. Yeah. Alas, for Betty, so did she. She, f- <laughs> she fell in love with one of the officers she entertained. Is this the same Betty from the other? <laughs> no, that was Betty Bucket. This is Box and Betty. <laughs> okay. She, be- um, she betrayed her smuggler friends. Some were captured, some escaped, and these came back for Betty. They strangled her. A scream that sinks to something worse than a scream may still echo in the nearby Betty Haunt Lane. Betty Haunt Lane. Yeah. I know in, that lane. In Newport. And um, she was we strangled for being a snitch. We've talked about Betty Haunt Lane before, haven't we? Maybe. It came up in my searches. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, yeah. A very boring picture. It's like a picture from 1988, actually. Maybe I'll make a collage <laughs> of all the things. <laughs> That we've talked about. Oh, here we go. Here's, here's a familiar um, trope. 
when Mr. When Mr. Wilfred coming now of Atherfield, I like the fact they need to say where he's moved to, as if like in case I need to get in contact. Yeah. Took over the pub after that landlady's. Oh yeah, some other landlady died after her violent death. His dog howled for three nights running. Each night it began to howl at precisely three a.m. When the present landlord and his wife, Mr. and Mrs. Peter Drury, moved in, their dog howled and refused to follow them uh, along the passageway near the front bar. At night, mysterious raps and knockings are heard. Once, at about 12.30 a.m., Mr. and Mrs. Drury were in the kitchen when they were startled by a loud thump on the kitchen door. For a moment, they thought someone must have broken in. But when Mr. Drury went to investigate, he found no intruder and the pub was still locked and secure. What so that? we weren't surprised when Mrs. Pat Drury told us, I don't like staying here overnight by myself. Believe me, <laughs> if Peter's away, I'll keep lights on. What the hell? Yeah, there you go. So that was Bucks and Betty. Uh, just, you know, another another colourful ghost of the Isle of Wight. Um. This is where, like, I started reading some of these next ones, and I was like, nah, I just think these are, like, classic classic tropes. Like, these are a lot like what your dad... Actually, this one is very much like what your dad was uh, was telling us about earlier. Yeah. Um, in, in, like, story and also probably explanation, I would say. Um, I'm just doing some ASMR page turning for the listener there. Beautiful. I'll give you an eargasm or whatever. Uh, if you want, you can cut that bit out and we can send it to you. Or we'll just have it on our new YouTube ASMR page. Yeah. If if not, I can just come around and turn the pages near your ear if you want. Hi, you. Is is work not going that well? I mean, I've got weekends. Like, it's nice to get out of the house, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, my phone number is... Right, Ghost Child... Could a child who appeared three times in a room lit by a street lamp in a friendly house be a dream? Judge for yourselves. Like the previous informant, this lady is a person of reliability and common sense. She is the wife of a scientist employed by a national company. Ooh, national company? Ooh. I know. Imagine that. Imagine being part of a national company. Like, not even the town that you live on, the Isle of Wight. Not even the Isle (laughs) of Wight. Not even the county, but like a national company. It's incredible stuff. Um... Until January 1977, she took a sceptical view of the supernatural herself, as she explains. Uh, I guess I'll try and do a different woman's accent. (laughs) As a child, I thought I saw a ghost. I was on my way home when it suddenly appeared. I've clearly made her middle class because she's married to a scientist. It's quite classist of me, actually, but I'll continue. A white table is quite classist as well. Uh, Yeah. So... Um, I've just suddenly become very self-aware of my uh, my hashtag cancel Jamie Murphy or hashtag hire Jamie Murphy for ASMR work or hashtag don't cancel Jamie Murphy. Listener, just choose which one. You can post it on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Hive, which is the new one that everyone's jumping on ship to. Jumping on ship, jumping ship to. I got it. I thought I'd just jump in and get a good URL while while I'm at it. While I'm at it, can't speak. But anyway, carry on with your classes. Fucking. <laughs> it was a white headless figure. 
I was terrified, really terrified. He turned out to be a patient from a nearby mental institution, wearing a long white riding mac with a, the collar turned right up. As I grew up, this seemed to determine my attitude towards anything that might be called supernatural. I could always find some rational rationale explaining when I heard such stories. I was the last person to believe in ghosts. Now she is certain that she has seen one. She told us, In the middle of the night, I was woken by a noise. I thought, at first, it must be one of the children. I keep my bedroom door ajar and with a doorstop in case my youngest boy calls to me. And the next thing I heard, I heard, saw the door. <laughs> oh, the next thing I heard, what? No, this is a typo. The next thing I heard, saw. The door stopped moving and the door being pushed open over the thick pile carpet. Sleepily, I waited for my, uh, my eight-year-old to say, Mummy! <laughs> he said nothing. A, sh a street lamp lights the bedroom and I looked up and was a there was a small boy with long fair hair standing at the foot of the bed. My son would have crept into bed with me, but this child simply stood there, smiling. I heard myself saying, What's wrong? And I... I had just did an imper impersonation of a woman impersonating herself. I'm, I'm great at this. And as I spoke, he literally faded away. I could see the bedroom door gradually appearing through him. Any analysis of a haunting reveals that there's a number of common factors. One of them being that in the first moment of its appearance, a ghost is often not recognised for what it is. In this case, it was not until the figure had faded away that the, the narrator realised that she had seen something quite extraordinary. For a minute or two, she lay there, bewildered. It wasn't then, extraordinary when it was a strange child smiling at her. No. Okay. no. It's not worth mentioning until it just disappears into a door. Fuck! What the fuck was that weird strange child that just disappeared in front of me? <laughs> yeah. Think about it until it fucking disappeared. It was all hunky-dory, but, you know, it's not how you leave a room. No. I was not asleep. She said, right, okay, basically, I'm just, she, wasn't, she was asleep. She was asleep, it was a dream, right. He I said, was, I heard myself say, so that sounds like a dream. Yeah, I mean, she's in bed. Your dad was in bed. Everyone's in bed. It's all dreams. I was not asleep, she says. I was not dreaming. I was definitely awake. There is no doubt in my mind about that. A fortnight later, the same thing happened. She woke up and the figure was there again, this time fully aware that she was face to face with something supernatural. She was a little frightened. After a moment, she turned over and wouldn't look anymore. A week later, it happened again. And again, she turned away. Since then, she has woken more than once with the intuition. If she kept opened, if she opened her eyes, she would see the ghost child smiling at her. She has kept her eyes shut. So she's just dreaming about ghost well, kids. Waste of everyone's time. Like, why didn't she just keep her eyes fucking open and go deep in on this ghost? Yeah. I don't know, because she's trying to sleep, because she's got sleep paralysis, and she's trying to not deal with that. Do you get sleep paralysis? I do. No, I don't. Yeah, it sounds like it runs in the family, James. What? So it sounds like it runs in the family. Yeah, it does. Um, it's always Glenn is my sleep paralysis. Was it? Sleep paralysis demon. It's always Glenn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, like Cher is my sleep paralysis demon or whatever. Yeah, but it's Glenn. Because I had a room like... I had a bedroom like you... Where it was like a share, you have to like go through my bedroom to get to Glenn's bedroom. Oh yeah, and, wet uh, bedroom. I'd always wake up to Glenn just in 
the doorway talking to me, like in real life. But now I get it now, and I just can't move, and it's always Glenn. That's not. I mean, it could be worse, right? People have like shadowy, hooded figures and aliens, <laughs> and what is it? Um, what's it? Incubus and all that shit, right? Yeah, I had it recently where I was like paralyzed, and I was literally like, Samita, like trying to like open my mouth, and like help me, and she was like, Shut up! I'm trying to sleep, and it was so demoralizing. Oh, so you can actually talk? No, you can barely speak. I was just like, like imagine being paralysed and screaming for Lizzie, and then right. just being like, "Murphy, shut the fuck up!" Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. It was basically that. Yeah, because your your brain wakes up, but your body doesn't. That's yeah. Right. And then, but then I guess also sometimes you're in that liminal space where you hallucinate or you dream stuff going on, basically. Yeah, it's always like the one where I was. Uh, screaming for Samita, I thought like someone was robbing the bedroom. Um, oh, okay. I was like, but I'm paralyzed and I can't get up. But yeah. like, mostly it's always just Glenn going, hello? <laughs> <laughs> Which is very cute, but also just, because I'm always kind of scared because I can't move or anything. But yeah. It's yeah, I guess your brain know, or your instinctually, you know, you feel the terror because you know it is you're not supposed to be fucking paralyzed. Yeah. And your brain probably fills fills in the gaps. Yeah, I get it whenever I lay on my back. Do children at St. Lawrence still see the ghost who walks the cliff past? But What's St. Lawrence? Lawrence? Um I don't know. A place. Um who walk the who walks the cliff path. It's said the only youngsters can see her. She passes older people unseen. Mrs. Georgina Twining of Wolverton House St. Lawrence saw her only... It's in Ventnor. Yeah. Okay. It's a village on the south. The English Channel coast of the Isle of Wight in southern England. It makes it sound like it's... That sentence makes it sound like it's a place I've never been to. And then it says it's located in Ventnor. I've never been to Ventnor. Carry on. Mm. I was in Ventnor once, and uh, there was a guy in an antique shop who runs it, and he told me that Ventnor, it was the last vestiges of the British Empire. And I always remember, I always remember that, that line, because I always think about it. And I was like, does he mean that it's like antiquated and old, or does he mean literally it's just the most southerly place in the UK, because it's the fucking south of the Isle of Wight? I can't tell if he's being wistful about, you know, old times past of colonialism or if he just is just talking geographically. Do you think Robert Patterson and Christian Stewart spoke to him? Who? Robert Patterson and Christian Stewart. They went no. to the other remember? They went to no. Ventnor. Did they? Yeah. When they were, um, I don't know, Twilight people. Bloody hell. Over there. Big news. I know. Carry on. She was an elderly wear an elderly lady wearing a long black coat, a bonnet, and a blouse with a white frill. She always had an umbrella and carried a basket on her arm. She was seen frequently by Mrs. Twining's sister too. Both children accepted the apparition. The tea company. Um I don't think so. I think they're probably just people who live in a place. Mm. I think they're tea drinkers, not like manufacturers. Um Same. This ghost. Yeah, actually, I don't manufacture much tea, to be honest. So yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. I guess we have washed out the coffee, so I could say that about coffee. I've manufactured coffee. No, you've not manufactured coffee. You've not grown it. I sold it. It had a sticker that I designed on it. Yeah, you're part of the process. 
Yeah, man of fact. Part of the solution. Yeah. Yeah. She gave him a disbelieving look, but made some inquiries. She learned that an old couple had lived in a cottage on the cliff top, which had disappeared many years before through coastal erosion. Every day, let's get that coastal erosion theme tune. Every day, the wife had walked along the cliff path, carrying her husband's luncheon in a basket. Does she still continue to walk past by the sea, so properly, so properly attired, bearing a basket and umbrella? I suppose, said Mrs. Twining, a trifle wistfully. Some local children see her still. This happened last week, but I think like some of these stories are really boring, and I get lost and forget what you're talking yeah. about. They are quite that boring. And like, it's, it's the way they're written. They're written... There's lots of long sentences. Because I thought it was a child that saw it. There's an old woman. It's the children demon. who saw an old woman, an old woman. But uh, who's Mrs. Twinings? The, she is the, um, like, in a movie, like in the Titanic, it's the young person oh. who's grown up. Oh, okay, I get it. Mrs. Twinings ro- is Rose at the beginning. It makes sense, actually. Like, imagine <laughs> these people writing a book interviewing a kid. Yeah, they're like, well, have you heard what's going down in St. Lawrence? <laughs> we need to get over to the Twinings house. And it is. <laughs> Interview his children. I was all this ghost, yeah. <laughs> and a party for like white frills on it. Like, <laughs> Phantom ship, mysterious mansion. Okay. Ghosts cannot be proved or disproved. Fundamentally, we accept or deny their existence according to our knowledge, experience, and temperamental bias. But can all the witnesses we quote? They range from teachers to hoteliers, farmers to journalists, businesswomen to doctors. Be wrong. Are we to think the lights of the doomed ghost ship seen by Mr. Robin Ford of Node Hill, Newport, counsellor and high school teacher, as no more than moonshine? Can the saga of a haunted mansion of Thornborough, related by a man who experienced it firsthand, well-known island general... um, Practitioner Dr. Frank Kennedy of Wooten, a former chairman of the island magistrates, carry no more weight than a tale told round Halloween fire? Did Mrs. Angela Clark of the old rectory Shorewell, a farmer's wife and a prominent figure in local politics, imagine that she saw a ghost? An Isle of Wight County press reporter, Judy Munns, faint for nothing, are policemen embroidering the Evidence, just because we must keep their names a secret, to our long list of reputable witnesses, we now add these. Here are their stories. You don't hear Farmer's Wife that much anymore, unless it's like a pub. The Farmer's Wife, yeah. Uh, A lot of farmers are killing themselves these days, I found that out recently. (laughs) You hear uh, Farmer's Widow. Is Is that true? Where have you heard that? On Reddit or... Uh, it was in a documentary about um, the modern-day food industry um, because we're just, you know... Oh, no, is it me? Is it the vegans? No, it's capitalism, James. Don't worry. Oh, great. It was capitalism all along. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, there's a bunch of stories from um, from people who are too smart. If, if ghosts weren't real, a doctor wouldn't believe in a ghost. A, a woman who's a who works in politics on the Isle of Wight. I used to work with a woman who was a councillor. She was a fucking lunatic. <laughs> the least thing would like that I was concerned about was if she told me a ghost story. Like, what? Like, yeah, of course she believed in ghosts. She would be a nightmare. So I don't think being elected to local government on the Isle of Wight is um, any barometer of sanity by any means. 
What job did you work with a councillor, Labrooks? Uh, phone shop, go mobile. Why well, she was a councillor too? Is that? Is it not yeah, she was the manager of Go Mobile. Um, I can't remember her name. Catherine or something. I don't know. Cat, cat. Go Mobile. Was that the phone shops? The phone shops that aren't brands still exist. Asking so many important questions. Asking <laughs> you a lot of questions that I don't even know you have the answers to. Um, I'm not sure. I hope not. Like, um, anyway, uh, they're yeah, they're just. I just found it interesting that this was a, a an instance of them really doubling down on how how reliable their sources are, how truthful, how honest these people are, and really, really bolstering their kind of bullshit. Well, actually, like throughout this book, they often kind of um, like break their own bullshit to say like oh it could have just been the timbers calling from the previous night oh you know the rattling of a rusty door is is a sure way to prove a poltergeist or whatever like they, they put in loads of stuff that, it, that conflicts their stories to kind of like yeah, that's the one a false sense of like, balance sorry that's why i think it's quite hard to follow like they're just they they're either like like they're either sitting on the fence or they're they absolutely believe it it's also hard to follow because the sentences are so unnecessarily long and filled with like the person's history and the exact location of where they live and then where they used to live in like one yeah. sentence. So by the time you finish your sentence, you're like, fucking, what was that? Um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting uh, because like my own classist, um, in inherent classist bias that I have built in, uh, where I switched to uh, a posh woman because she she wasn't working in a pub, they are using that same kind of false ideology to make themselves a little more re res respectable, basically. A pocket no, a ghost stories classist. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get to the bottom of this. Finally, we're going to pivot to the true the true purpose of this podcast, that is levelling the playing field of the supernatural media and allowing the working class to stop being caric caricatured by 1977 fucking books on the Isle of Wight. And funnily enough, all the ghosts that people see look quite rich because they're always like well-dressed Victorian people. Yeah, sometimes you get the odd maid. Yeah. Is it a ghost? Is it a phantom? Is it a poltergeist? Is it a ghoul, a goblin? Grotesque? No, it's a plastic bag that you can shit in and then give to people for Christmas. You can give it to them on different occasions, if they follow different beliefs. Uh, you can give it to them for Hanukkah or Hanukkah. I think you might need a few bags, maybe. I'm not an expert, um, but if you do require more bags for that specific holiday, we will provide them at a discounted rate. Um, not for any bias reasons, but it's more of a buy one get one free deal around the uh, 
I don't want to sound like a woke leftist around the festival season, yeah, yeah? Because we also have Kwanzaa bags for the people that need to um, shit in plastic bags and hand them out for Kwanzaa. That's an option. Uh, we also do the birthday plastic bag, um, you know, because some people unfortunately are born around um, Christmas and they, you know, have to suffer the kind of like the curse of living under the shadow of Christmas, Kwanzaa and Hanukkah. So um, all I'm saying is we've got a variety of different plastic bags and they'll receive any physical gas or liquid that you need to fill them with. Um, and we're quite happy to, uh, you know, we even gift wrap them for you at this time of year. The Krusty Admiral. This is the last chapter. The Krusty Admiral. Is that the glass eye? Sorry? Is that the glass eye? No, what's it called? The hole in the wall. No, what's that pub called? The glass eye? What's that? The eyeglass. Is it the eyeglass? I don't know what you took. Inventor. The spyglass in? The (laughs) spyglass. The glass eye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, carry on. We end what we hope has been an entertaining tour of the island haunts with a miscellany of minor curiosities. In more than one case, we have been given information we have checked and found correct, but we have have to agree that neither place nor person should be identified. We include them here along with references to older tales which merit inclusion to any anthology of island ghost stories and a reminder that not all phantoms have a basis in fact. Really plainly written there once again. But they name drop so many people. Yeah, but these are a collection of stories that they're saying. These are like the B roll. They're like, now these aren't the main ones. We couldn't verify oh. them. But we're gonna. We for some reason we want to include them. So we'll do chapter we'll, rather than ending it on eighteen chapters. We would feel like a nice even number. They've tacked on the nineteenth chapter. All right, bring to, it up to put on to just. I bet they're more exciting. This is like outtakes, basically. The bloopers, blooper reel. There is an island holiday establishment we will not name, for example, where staff have heard footsteps in an empty room, seen lights turn on and off with no finger on the switch, and felt an extraordinary sensation as if, in the words of one waitress, something walked through me. Uh, She's she's poor. Uh, (laughs) In a Shanklin guest house, there is a particular room. (laughs) There is a particular room in which at least three separate unconnected visitors at different times of the year have woken in the night, convinced that an old woman has been whispering angrily. I'll try and whisper angrily. This is my room. Go away. Go away. Our informants, in this case, come from Cornwall, South Wales and London and have never met each other. And we have learned that an old woman died in that room. Several successive tenants of a flat in ride took the first chance they had to exchange it for another in the same building. They couldn't or wouldn't say why. Then a dog owner who had the flat who had the flat was disturbed by the animal's behavior. It would leap upon his bed in the middle of the night, cowering and as as if terrified. As he tried to comfort it, the room would become icy cold. A minute later, the temperature would return to normal and the dog would be its affection itself. On the advice of a local vicar, he made sure that a Bible was always prominently displayed. After that, the flat owner told us neither tent nor dog was disturbed again. Mm. At a house in Yarmouth, candlesticks and ornaments have moved without human agency from one room to another, although the door to those rooms have been locked. So we are assured... 
And we know two of a house in Shanklin where like these are like the one line stories of a house in Shanklin where once lived a crusty old admiral. Ooh, the title. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we, oh, we've seen that before. It's like when you get to the end of your album, and you're like, oh, it's a title track. Oh, this will yeah. be, a, be a, a banging closer. He had his own special corner in a sitting room where, retired from the sea, he would settle down to doze. Though he long ago sailed across the sticks, his spirit evidently still settled there. And strong, strongly objects to the place... Oh, and strongly objects to the place being cluttered up with landlubber's possessions. Anything left in that corner is found several yards away the next day. <laughs> is there a faint growl of nautical oaths in the night? We rather like the crusty admiral. What the hell? Um, I take it back. They're boring. Yeah, and then there's, I don't know, traditional tales. They're all traditional tales. And then they end with a series of hoax hauntings. So after pew, 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 let's the eight pages of, in the words of Jamie Moody, true facts about <laughs> ghosts of the Isle of Wight. Another deep cut. Isle of Wight deep cut. <laughs> they have, they've got half a page of stories where they're like, all right, these ones we were, we managed to disprove because they are, they are after all objective, rational minded, scientific skeptics who only through further research have proved proven all the previous stories correct and these they've left to uh as you know as proven hoaxes right so hopefully and then i'm going out i'm and leaving some, the house i'm doing some predictions <laughs> hopefully they're exciting and very different to the stories that have been told or they're exactly the same. I mean, I would like them to be exactly the same because then obviously it draws a direct line between uh, fact and fiction. But for the sake of the listener, I fucking hope they're better. Have you read these? Um, a while ago, like I've skipped through it and read them, and like I've gone back over them. Well, everyone's but... on the edge of their seat now. Folks, <laughs> 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 hauntings. Some ghosts start as hoaxes and show a great staying power. Stories about the Shide area of Newport can be traced back to the unknown Edwardian wag who used a magic lantern projector to produce a skeleton that scared locals out of their wits. We have spoken to a Shanklin woman who recalls her father laughing over the escapades. Shanklin, incidentally, is the scene of the latest spectral invention. No doubt some townsfolk will soon be saying that their local youth club is haunted. We were told so in all seriousness. It turns out to be a joke that the youngsters are happily spreading. In some places, there is no ghost. Where a ghost should surely be. Mister, There should be a ghost here. Mr. Cooper says that as far as he's aware, Apple Durkham is unhaunted. Oh, New shit. Newport's let venerable... Let me, ca- let me speak. <laughs> I've, been to a, I've been to a ghost walk there uh, several times, and I swear Apple Durkham is mentioned in the books in the future. Mm. Apple Durkham's a big like, uh-uh-uh. Yeah, people get married there. And there's Absolutely. also ghost tours, and there's also like bits of ruin there. But yeah, let's let's carry on. Sorry. Yeah. So apparently, Apple Durkham is unhaunted. 
Newport's venerable God's Providence House has no ghost. Osborne is free of phantoms. Mr. Edward Sibbock, in charge of the interior furnishing for nearly a quarter of a century and an expert on the place, tells us that no haunting tales have ever come his way. And at Carriesbrook Castle, so rich in history, Mr. Jack Jones, not, not anyone's real name, curator and leading authority on the <laughs> incarceration of King Charles I, reports that a royal ghost doesn't walk. Ooh, no ghost. Okay. A ghost doesn't do something. What a Vernon Cottage, Shanklin, from which the ghost of a girl in Regency dress runs lightly to meet her lover. Well, we'd like to believe it, particularly as a charming early 19th century engraving depicts her walking with her little dog beside its then ivy-covered walls. A Victorian tale of two girls at St Boniface House, Bonchurch, who had bedclothes and bed curtains whipped away by an invisible hand, has its appeal. Few hauntings could be sadder than the faint rustle of crinoline wedding gown in Ventnor House, where in 1841 a young bride died on her wedding day. Play Guns and Roses right now. <laughs> Does a nun in a brown habit still walk out of a wall at Shorewell Church and a pale man on a pale street ride across the rustic bridge nearby? Does a presence still appear on the road near the old mill at Yafford and a white figure still glide past the slipway at Lake? We will... We leave you with this dire warning. Shut your eyes tightly if you hear a spectral hound abroad along the Balcom Road. Tradition says that if you see it, the curse will fall. One of two fates awaits you. Within the year, you'll either die or get married. Well, what the hell? So we end on a joke about marriage. That's it. That's how the book ends with a joke about fucking marriage being bad. Hell yeah. Um, for a second, I thought maybe the end was like a teaser for the new books. You know, like when like an end of a season, we're like, oh, we could be going this way or that way or this way. Right. The, the, um, the actual first the reprint of this, the first like edition or whatever, the proper one is printed like twenty years later. I think it's from nineteen ninety seven. That's mad. So I don't think they knew. What did they do between that? Collected more stories. I, you know, loads of rigorous research, right? Yeah, and then there's a map to compare. But is that even interesting? <laughs> Is what interesting? The comparisons between them. I don't know. I'm going to look at it because um, between me and you, there's a there's a story in here about. Well, so um, I should turn the podcast off now. Uh, between me and you. <sighs> yeah, I was just going to say they talk about the Venable, uh Botanical Gardens, but clearly before they've actually been made the uh, botanical gardens. Okay. I was reading for a story. I got halfway through. I was like, I'm actually to talk about the fucking botanical gardens. Because, you know, people talk about, oh, it used to be this hospital. Yeah. They're like, oh, the old hospital in Ventnor. Like, but I imagine in the the updated edition, they'll talk about it as the, the botanical gardens. Ooh. Um, What's your consensus? What's the conclusion? 
Now you've read that. I'm not going to read the other books. Like, I, that was, I feel like that was a fucking. What's the newest one? When was the newest one out? I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot in there. But, um,. You know, we watched the the documentary, didn't we? We watched the film, and they talk uh, they talk about ley lines in there and shit like that. Yeah. So I wonder if as as the books progress, that they start to like add more to the kind of the lore and to the the science. I've got a map of the Isle of Wight on there for some reason. I mean, it is the Isle of Wight, but there's nothing on the map. There's no like, oh, that's where this story's from. I guess even more ghosts is the latest one. Two thousand seven. And I swear that's Apple Durkham on the front. Well, I guess they changed their mind. Um, We're all allowed to do. Graham Brown. If one is interested in ghosts and history, this is the book for them. Gay Baldwin captures both local knowledge with historical facts in this intriguing read. If you're not a fan of the Isle of Wight, maybe give it a miss. <laughs> Uh, I feel like that probably just made me realise the quality of our podcast is like. <laughs> yes, which, by the way, if you're not a fan of the Isle of Wight or ghosts, but I visit the Isle quite a lot and visit the place mentioned, which makes it a not to miss read. Yeah, that's li- it. Literally, could be a comment on the podcast. Yeah, if you like the Isle of Wight and Jamie Moody, then definitely give it a listen. This if- is Jackie Phillips. That she sounds like she could be in the book. Good, interesting book. Um, someone just wrote four stars. Um, what's the first one? Let's see. As we wind down, let's see who's if there's any reviews on this one. Um, uh, scary, okay. very good, fantastic book. Having visited the Isle of Wight a few years ago, it was really interesting. Great read. Brought this for my aunt who loves to read ghost stories. She's halfway through and says it's really good. It's it was second hand purchase and good condition it was. <laughs> it was. Um uh, very informative. Um I really like this. I'm looking forward to my next trip to the Isle of Wight. Um says Marty and his profile picture is a weird little demon woman. So um perfect. Um last thing he uh <laughs> reviewed it was in the fifth of August twenty twenty two. Um, greener walker poo bags for <laughs> dog waste. <laughs> Please don't get these confused with earth rated poo bags. These are so thin, not even funny. Hard to open. Fingers can easily go straight through them. <laughs> hey. oh, Five hundred and forty bags, no more. Like two hundred and seventy bags, actually. After the amount of bags you have to throw away after ripping. When opening or fingers going through them, sad face. Just you're just wasting money and buying plastic, buying these massive regret. Thank you for the review.
All right, goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sword Ghost See, My name's been James. My name's always been Jamie Murphy, apart from when it wasn't. And this has been Sword Ghostly. Sword of Ghostly. Yeah, ma! done perfect that was was a good one we're maybe we should do a midweek we should do them in the week because i feel Um, like more awake yeah i'm like not hungover and unemployed like weekends are hard to do i think a bit more energy you know yeah cool right that's great i'll speak to you soon yeah um let me know when we need to crack on and like do some practices and then crack on for next well jordan stuff. can't do that date now he messaged me that's good because it was getting a little bit closer to it and i was like yeah, yeah. so it'll probably just be next year i reckon okay